Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Pattison, Jace Brown, and Dawson Wise back in the studio with everyone back together. The uh, the snow and ice has at least been nerfed a little bit, still a little bit out there, but we were able to make it back in all as a group today, so very excited for that. A lot to talk about, a uh, huge week of Tennessee football recruiting, some big names are coming to Knoxville, we'll dive into that later in the hour, we'll also give our best bets Uh, But we begin the episode today with Tennessee rolling all over Alabama on Saturday. The number six Tennessee Vols handled Alabama 91-71 on Saturday. The Vols defense forced 22 turnovers and held the Kempom number one adjusted offense to a season-low 71 points. Uh, Dawn Connect finished with 25 points. Jonas Adu got it done once again. He's been great as of late. 19 points and four blocks for him. Jordan Ganey, a guy we talked about a lot on uh, Friday. Dawson uh, shook off a recent slump. He added seven, or excuse me, added 15 points. And uh, Connect has four consecutive games with at least 25 points. He is the first Vol in at least 20 seasons to hold such a streak. The Vols improved to 14 and four on the season and four and one in SEC play. Uh, guys. What was your biggest takeaway from Saturday's big win? I have a few. Uh, Mm. Defense was absolutely stellar. I mean, what could you not like about that game on Saturday, right? Uh, You hold Alabama to 45% from the field, 19% from three. You go four for 21, which for a team that strokes the three like they do, that's very impressive. Uh, They did what we wanted them to do, what we talked about on Friday, and that was limit their perimeter shooting. Play good perimeter defense. Make them make tough looks. Uh, that's exactly what they did. Grant Nelson did almost nothing for Alabama yeah, yeah. on either end of the floor, really. I think we had our way on the offensive end with him as well. Uh, but he only has three points. You hold him to almost nothing. You limit Mark Sears. I mean, he still has 22, but yeah. a player of his caliber is going to do that. Uh, he certainly had his moments in that game as well where he looked just frustrated. He just could not do anything no. uh, to, to get Alabama back in that game. Uh, connect and Adu, solid again. Connect, was, what did I say, 20, 25 yeah. points? Yeah, that's what we got. Right on the number. Uh, eight for twenty. Uh, Adu again, fantastic. Nineteen points. I thought he was good on the defensive end as well, and he stayed out of foul trouble. And I think in a game like that, you're looking for those types of things as you get to the meet of conference play. As thin as the Vols are at center, 
you need him to stay out of foul trouble. He does that. Um, and good for him. And we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but the role players. So we talked about yes. them a lot as yes. well. Uh, Santiago Vescovi looked like old Santiago Vescovi. He hit a long three at some point late in that game that I was like, yep. man, where has that been? You really miss that. Jordan Ganey was outstanding, I think, in his time in this game. He was a spark plug, made yep. a couple of big shots that helped extend the lead and then keep the lead. Um, and what did I say? Shoot out of the slump. Eventually, it was going to happen. Yeah. I finally got it right. So, you know, good for him to get back uh, get back on the horse. There. Yeah, Ganey's definitely the one that I had circled, of course. Like you said, 15 points. Uh, and it finally is nice to have somebody coming off the bench that can put up some legitimate points and, you know, extend these leads against these good teams. Because, I mean, Mayshack can only do so much on the offensive end compared to his defensive ability. Awaka's good on defense. He can score inside, but with limited minutes with Adu, especially this game, playing most of it, it's really nice to see Ganey back out there. Uh, and it really feels that Dalton Connect is feeling his most comfortable against these uh, more competitive teams. And it's really good to see that, especially already five games into this SEC slate. Yeah, my, my biggest takeaway, and some we talked about on Friday, was making Alabama uncomfortable and not falling into how they play. We know they're very high-paced. Uh, they're a, a, a kind of team that goes down, shoots a three, or gets a layup. It's kind of no in-between there. They're trying to play as fast as they can and speed you up. Um, and when you have that home court advantage and where Tennessee has played really well this season undefeated, um, you can't allow a, another team to come in and set the tone. And I don't think Tennessee allowed that all game. Um, as I mentioned in, in the intro, uh, a season low, 71 points for them, uh, 22 turnovers. Mark Sears, a guy who's been on fire, had a career-high seven turnovers. Um, so making them uncomfortable I think was the biggest takeaway for me. And that's a very good Alabama team. I'm very surprised they're not ranked. Uh, they're near the top in everything. Uh, every major, you know, ESPN, BPI, Kim Palm, all those, they're a very good team. And Tennessee made them look like just an average SEC team on Saturday. I think they did a great job making them uncomfortable. So, um, going back to Friday, what we talked about, matchup between Alabama's number one adjusted offense, according to Kim Palm rankings, versus Tennessee's number two adjusted defense. So, kind of a grudge match here. Two really good units, which one would win? Um, Alabama came into the game scoring 90.2 points per game, led by Mark Sears, who was averaging 19.6 points per game on 53% shooting. And what happened on Saturday was Sears had a, a first half field, one first half field goal uh, in that first half, um, in the half court. And the Vols forced Sears to take some bad shots, um, Some had a couple rough possessions, I think, they did a really good job perimeter defense-wise, and that was something we hammered on uh, on Friday because that Georgia game just a Saturday ago uh, was very ugly. And, you know, they had 14 three-pointers against a, a middle-of-the-pack, you know, uh, three-point shooting team. Um, I, I think this defensive performance was much needed. And how important was this? for a team that just looked like a totally different shell of themselves last week in Athens. Absolutely massive. I mean, you, you needed an effort like this. You have a, a decent effort against Mississippi State, but not great. You have, a, a you know, obviously an ugly effort against Georgia. Yeah. You needed a confidence booster mostly for the players and the fans, I think. Uh, and we can all take a sigh of relief now. The players can too. They can settle back in. Okay, we haven't slacked off. We're still good on this end of the floor. And now we know we can do it against a, a really high-powered offense. Yeah. I think it gives the Vols a lot of confidence. All you really had to do was shut down their other threats and make Mark Sears make a play mm -hmm. and then just trust your defense to, to get out on the perimeter and make him uncomfortable. I think you did that. 
I think you made all of them uncomfortable, and you did it early. Early yeah. in that game, a lot of mistakes, throwing the ball out of bounds, throwing it across back across half court, getting back court, it, just a ton of stuff. I think the fans were into this game as well. I yeah. think that also yeah. helped being in front of a good crowd. This was probably the best crowd of the year, I would say, yeah. at, at Thompson Bowling. Um, and so, really, for me, it was more of a confidence thing. Getting back into that mojo, you're in front of your home crowd, you had to have it, you got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm confidence is definitely the word that definitely would so, – Describe the atmosphere coming out of that, for me at least, because, I mean, like we hit on, that Georgia game was just atrocious, and then you go out against the number one offense adjustedly in Ken Palm, throw them to a season low, just put them in deep water and don't let them claw back. I mean, we Vols were up by like 27 at some point, mm-hmm. and, I mean, besides some late rinky-dink uh, garbage time field goals, I mean, there was – it was in control the entire time by the Vols. It really – felt like Alabama just lost their footing immediately turnovers every other like trip down the floor so I mean just absolutely swamping that team was exactly what this team needed to be rolling into uh, against a Vanderbilt team that is not good yeah to me it was reassurance right you know we know that this team under Rick Barnes has been historically a really good defensive team and anytime you put up a blunder like they did in Athens uh, allowing a, a middle of the pack team to shoot like they did, um, you need a couple of reassurance games. And I think on uh, on Tuesday against Florida, where you held them to twenty nine percent shooting and their lowest season total scoring wise, and you do that again uh, against Alabama on Saturday, I think it's very reassuring that okay, you know what, that Georgia game was just a blunder. You know, it was just one, uh, just not a good night for us. Um, but now you've had two games back-to-back of really good top-notch defense, and that's exactly what you expect from this team. To me, it's just reassurance. But I want to talk about a guy who has had a couple blunders as of late, really has kind of uh, fallen out of the rotation a little bit, hasn't been in the same uh, – hitting his stride like he was earlier in the year. That's Jordan Ganey. Um, he hit three first-half three-pointers and had 13 at halftime. Um, he had not scored in the past three games. It was one of nine from three uh, through four games in SEC play. He looked more like a player that could score in double figures on Saturday. And one of the things that you know we had, uh, I guess, a caller uh, last week was asking about where is Jordan Ganey's role. And I think he's a guy that can come off the bench and be a little bit of a spark plug. You're in a situation against an Alabama team that shoots very well from three, puts up a lot of points. Okay, let's get Ganey in there, a guy that can be instant offense. And I think the best thing about Ganey is that even despite his struggles so far in SEC play, he's still got the confidence. He checks in the game. He's not afraid to shoot the three. Now, it might not be everyone's favorite shot, but he's at least got that confidence. And I think if you're a shooter, you can't lose confidence. And that's something Ganey has not lost. And he was a, a big piece on Saturday. He was. And, man, how, how long have I been saying this? Back to early December, I've been saying Jordan Ganey is he's going to get it back. You just got to trust the process and shoot out of it. I think he did an excellent job of that. Yeah. You can finally say he's back, right? I mean, is if one game's not enough, I, I don't really care. But, you know, uh, <laughs> it's good to see him back. This is what you got him for, is to be this kind of guy. Championship teams have these guys off the bench. You need a guy like this when it gets to March and the shots aren't falling to come off and give and say, hey, give me the ball, I got this, I'll get us a couple buckets and we'll be right back in this game. So if he continues to do that, there's no reason at all that he should not be back in the rotation. Yeah, definitely in the rotation as for starting. I think, like you said, that bench spark plug guy is just kind of who he fits in just about perfectly because, I mean, who in that offense or that starting five rotation would you replace him with? I mean, all those guys have pretty much solidified themselves as starters for 
reasonable, I guess, accountability for that. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it happened to the Vols back in, like, 2019 when Purdue, just the random guy off the bench, like, that's fifth exactly year senior, that's exactly what I thought of. And he comes out and shoots, like, eight for ten from three. You're like, this game was in the bag. This should not be a competition, and they go out and beat us. So, I mean, having a guy like that is going to set this team apart when it comes uh, to SEC and tournament play. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and be a part of our Monday night edition of Overtime. Uh, real quick, I want to brag on Dawn Connect because some awards came out today. I want to make sure he gets some uh, a, a pat on the back for it. Connect repeats as SEC Player of the Week this week, and he also wins the Naismith Player of the Week uh, it's been a long time where, since Tennessee's had a guy like that getting on, getting nationally uh, recognized, and I think um, his impact once again on Saturday was really important. You know, 25 points. It kind of seems like he's due for that every night now, and it's it's interesting because just a couple of weeks ago we were talking about if this guy was going to get back in rhythm because he had a five game stretch where he was. kind of, you know, taken out of games, not playing a whole lot, only averaging 20 minutes and and averaging seven points. Uh, We were wondering, hey, is is this going to be a a trend going forward? And uh, he's totally put that to rest. Um, Guys, just real briefly here, um, how awesome has this been, uh, the stretch of Dawn Connect been? Oh, it's it's so cool to watch. I mean, just to get to, you know, and especially being here in town, getting to go and Mm -hmm. see that, uh, it's so cool. Um, We haven't had a player like this in my lifetime, I don't think, that can score at will like Dalton Connect can um and you needed this piece how many times have we said since basketball season started you need a guy that can be a guaranteed bucket a guaranteed ball handler you have that piece now and i think for the last several years it's been the only piece that brick barnes's teams have been lacking is that guaranteed go to i'm your guy i'm going to give you 25 a night and if not more i mean up to 40 a night and i can go win you ball games yeah and i mean we really haven't seen a scorer here, like like you said, in our lifetime. And, I mean, maybe since Allen Houston, whose name is up in the rafters at uh, Food City Center. So, I mean, you know, getting a guy that can go in and, you know, grow leads, score at will, like you said, uh, really elevates this team. And, I mean, <laughs> we say, we've we been saying this the last few years. It feels like this is the team to do it. Yeah, yeah, Just I'm totally with keeps you. Keeps rolling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Connect average. 32 points per game for the second consecutive week, this time doing it against Alabama and Florida. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and be a part of our show. When we come back, we'll talk about how Hypel is getting hot. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Attention service members and veterans. Introducing the Griffin Law Firm, your trusted ally in military legal matters. Whether it's fighting for your rights, 
navigating complex regulations, or seeking justice, at Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game, Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows. Back here in studio from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, that is, here on a Monday night. It's overtime. William Patterson, Dawson Wise, Jace Brown with you. Um, and guys, let's talk about Hypel getting hot and recruiting. Tennessee football recruiting was at its best this weekend with the Vols snagging three players in 24 hours, and all of these guys will be impactful. The new additions consist of former LSU offensive tackle Zalance Hurd, who is a 6'6", 340-pound offensive tackle, uh, was ranked number nine in the transfer portal, uh, the number two overall tackle, and Hurd was a five-star in the 2023 class. Um, 6'6", 340. That is a whole lot of man. That is a big dude. Um, And he will be very impactful on that offensive line. Uh, Stanford defensive tackle Jackson Moy pledges allegiance to the Vols shortly after Hurd's announcement. Moy is a 6'2", 302-pounder who played all 12 games at Stanford this season, including seven starts. He had 15 tackles, one tackle for loss, and a half sack in the 2023 season. And finally... The Vols have scored yet another big-time quarterback in George McIntyre. George McIntyre is a five-star quarterback who plays at Brentwood Academy in Nashville, and he committed to Tennessee this morning. Uh, He's ranked the 15th overall prospect and the number three quarterback in the class of 2025, according to 24-7 Composite. Um, wow, a lot of news. It feels like we were talking about Zalance Heard for like three weeks. It finally yeah. was done this weekend. George McIntyre is a name that's been floated around ever since Nick Saban left. Even though many people thought Tennessee had a good way in, regardless if Saban stayed around. But now Saban leaves, uh, really opens up the door for Tennessee, and he ends up committing today in a really cool video. Don't know if y'all had the chance to watch oh, that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes, um, yeah. 
And for our listeners, if you had not had a chance to watch that video, very cool stuff. Um, talks about how it's kind of always been destined for him to be a Tennessee quarterback. Really cool stuff there. Um, let's start with Zalance Hurd, um, a guy that obviously we've been talking about here for a couple of weeks. Um, how big of an impact will he have on the offensive line next season? Massive. He slots in immediately as the opposite starting tackle to John Campbell. I imagine he'll be the blindside tackle on that left side for Nico, and that I mean that's the most important position on the field for yeah. a young quarterback. Is if you can't protect his blindside, he's not going to be able to do anything, and he's going to get killed in the SEC. So yeah. you needed a guy to play in that spot. You hadn't gotten it yet. Well, obviously, I think you had. We just didn't know officially. Yeah. Now you officially can say he's the starting left tackle. It's massive in both that he's a massive player. I mean, yeah. six yeah. six three forty. That's huge size, comparable to, to Darnell Wright that came out of here a couple right. years ago. Uh, but you only need one more offensive line spot now to, to really plug in and that's going to be left guard mm-hmm. um, and you leave that probably to Jackson Lampley I'd imagine yeah. but with him added with Hurd added I mean it off automatically is one of the best units in the SEC if not the country just based on prior production Yeah. Um, the only yeah. issue now for me is going to be depth behind the starting lineup um, mm-hmm. yeah. we have some guys set to slot in I don't like yeah. some of them where, where they sit right now yeah. um, but you have some freshmen coming in I think that can make mm-hmm. an impact as well Bennett Warren looked outstanding in the yep. Polynesian Bowl the yep. other day, so that at least gives me a little bit of relief, but the starting unit, for sure, one of the best in the SEC. Yeah, I think I'm probably most excited about Hurd of anybody out of these last three guys that we've just picked up, just because, like you said, he's a plug-and-play guy, and you can't teach that size, and I mean, that just happens. I mean, 6'6", 340 is uh, no joke, and... You know, getting him opposite to John Campbell, getting two anchors out there is going to be really nice, especially when it comes to protecting Nico since, I mean, he's still not the biggest guy. I mean, still an injury threat to me just because he's not the most swollen guy out there. But, I mean, you know, comparing this to some of the guys that in recent that have said, oh, yeah, we're coming back. I mean, like the Dane Davises and the Jackson Lampleys, this takes the cake for it. I mean, so, I mean, those guys, you know, I love them, but I mean they're not making that SEC impact that you want from your O line, and this is a, this is the guy, the guy. Yeah, you know what we talked about right after that Citrus Bowl win was okay. You've got your guy now. You've got your quarterback now. You need to help protect him because it, there are so many instances of great quarterbacks that have bad offensive lines, whether in college football or NFL and the quarterback is not able to play to his full potential because, A, he's running for his life, can't execute the right way because he's, uh, you know, plays are getting blown up because of poor offensive line play. And I think Nico is in a really good situation. You've got a lot of guys returning, a lot of guys that have played a lot of valuable downs in SEC football, and then adding a guy like Hurd not only adds a ton of size and beef, but also a very highly talented guy out of, out of high school. Um, so an impact that he can make is is immediate, and uh, you know there could still be questions about the the depth at that position, but you just got to hope everyone can stay healthy. We'll right. knock on wood for that. Um, but I, I think that his size and his ability and how highly touted he was at a high school just shows a lot of people think his impact will be very big here. Um, and mix that in with a bunch of guys that have been playing already, like a Cooper Mays, uh, like John Campbell, guys that have been in this league for a while, I think it's a good mix. Um, you want to add something? Well, I think it's also beneficial. I was just thinking about this, the system that Zaylance Heard played in. Now, granted, the tempo's a little bit slower at LSU, yeah. but it's a very similar offense, a very high-flying offense, spread, spread out looks a lot, so I think yeah. that helps too. You get a guy that may not know our specific system, 
but he generally knows what he's coming into. He knows yeah. what he's going to be playing in, and I think that's also massive rather than just plugging somebody in that hasn't learned the system yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You want to add anything? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a big impact, and I'm so glad we could finally make it official. No longer yeah. have to dive into the uh, UT directory <laughs> to see if he's going to be with us. Um, so thank you, Zalance, for committing officially. We're uh, happy to have you. Now let's move over to Jackson Moy. Uh, might not be the flashiest of the uh, the guys we got this weekend, but fills some much-needed depth on the defensive line. Uh, could Moy make more of an impact than people may think uh, next season? Absolutely he could. I don't think you needed a flashy piece at this position. Mm. Uh, to me, and I was talking to some people about this a little bit earlier, you just needed somebody that can fill up the gaps, stop the run. We needed some help stopping the run. Uh, and you needed a depth piece that could come in. Omari Thomas, obviously outstanding. Same with Omar Norman Lott. But you need depth behind these guys yeah. where you can bring guys in. He's an excellent run stopper. His stats don't really show a lot of, of things. But he, four and a half tackles for loss as a freshman is outstanding. Um, and his film is very impressive. He can blow up an offensive line and get in the backfield on a running back and make plays break down. So you needed a guy like that to stop the run. Uh, you're going to have your flashy edge guys. Jordan Ross, Josephs, uh, obviously Pierce is going to be the number one guy. Yeah. You needed a guy to kind of take away from that, take some attention away from that, and provide some some run-stopping help uh, as well. I think he and Tyree West could be excellent depth pieces yeah. next year. Yeah, I think the word that you're looking for is big uglies in the middle. Yes. I mean, that's that's what this team needed. Like you said, we we've late in the year it felt like we struggled to stop the run. Uh, Amari Thomas, obviously great. He makes a big impact. Karak Garland has made some decent impact, uh, but I mean sometimes jobs not getting done. So having a guy that has proven him his worth already. Like you said, playing all 12 games this last year uh, as a run clogger is going to be really nice to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so let's remember who's returning. Uh, so UT rever- returns in, in the interior defensive tackles. Omari Thomas, Omar Norman Lott, Bryson Eason, and Elijah Simmons. So adding some more pieces, just adding a guy that's, A, got the experience, has played a lot of football before, um, I, I think definitely helps. Um Freshman year, uh, 22 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss. That was his best season. Um, It's just adding depth. And I think a lot of people sometimes forget that, you know, defensive line is is a lot of interchangeable. You know, a lot of guys coming in and out um, and just having another piece, a guy that's got experience being able to come in there and plug up a hole, I think is a great addition. You know, I think it wasn't necessarily something that we were out looking for, but it's also something that you're – you know, happy to bring in. You know, everyone's happy to bring in depth um, and another guy to come, you know, plug a hole. So I, I think it's a, a good get. Um, now let's move into the, uh, the the biggest recruit and biggest name uh, of the day, and that is what George McIntyre, uh, his commitment means for the Vols. Um, to me, I think this is a another stud, uh, great length, great size, Um but I think his impact is going to be more than just, you know, being a signee right now or, or being a commit. And it's the recruiting that he can do mm-hmm. now with other players. And, and we were talking about it at the break. Um, a lot of offensive tackles and offensive linemen uh, been already texting, hey, at George McIntyre, you need another uh, offensive tackle, offensive guard, I'm here. Or, uh, hey, George McIntyre, you need another wide receiver to come with you. I think this is a great tool, especially early on in this class because a lot of these kids have not committed yet, still going on visits uh, around this time of year is where a lot a lot of this recruitment uh, heats up. 
So I think it's a really good opportunity, not only for him to go ahead and solidify his spot, but also to recruit and bring in some guys he wants to play with. Guys, what do you say? It reminds me of the time after Nico committed where you had players starting to say, oh, well, okay, if he's going there, then I think I want to go there too. It makes Tennessee a more attractive destination. I yeah. think because now you know you're going to have that solid piece of quarterback. Well, okay, I can go play well. I can elevate myself as well. So for for that end, yeah, I totally agree. It's going to be huge. You also are able to continue this pattern that Josh Heupel has of just landing these stud quarterbacks. Yeah. You have Nico. You have Dylan Merklinger, who I think is being overlooked a little bit, if you can believe it. He's still a seventh-eighth quarterback in the class of 2024. Now you have a five-star that's number one, number two, somewhere in there, quarterback, depending on where you look, in 2025. And you've got three lined up. This is the eighth five-star of Heupel's tenure already at Tennessee. It's been three years. It's his third, I believe, in the class of either the class of 25 or third in the next two classes, something like Uh that. Um, But, I mean, he's he's a stud on the field, but I think... Like you said, the biggest thing to me is you can pitch this as recruiting big time, yeah. Yeah. both from the player level and at the coaching level as well, and say, okay, well, I've got three guys lined up. I'm going to develop them all. You can even start looking into the future now for quarterbacks as well. So yeah. it does so much for recruiting. It's going to do so much on the field, and you are set at quarterback for the next five, six years for Tennessee, and that's huge. Yeah, yeah the big thing here is like just the sustainability <laughs> of the success for Heupel uh, has the ability to just go off the charts. That and – being able to get more in-state guys like McIntyre is, getting some of those guys out of Chattanooga to come up to Knoxville with them uh, will be pretty implemental and imperative to that 25 class. And, I mean, he's already got a couple other guys in that class that are pretty studs as well. And, I mean, like you said, three like top ten guys in the quarterback class these last three years uh, is really going to stretch things out for this offense. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, so I, I think as I alluded to earlier, the recruiting is really big. Uh, just, I, th- I think that's a huge tool, especially if you want to bring Tennessee back to the level where they want to be in recruiting. It's good right now, but it's not exactly where they want to be. I, in my opinion, the top five is where you want to be. Top ten's great, and you're still bringing in really talented players, but if you can push the envelope just a little bit more, get one more really big-time player, two more, one, you know, two more really big-time players, and that's where I think you can make a even bigger jump, like a – like a Georgia level jump, you know, um, and I think this is just a, a step in the process of it. Well, and you're already seeing it. it. For me, it was just you're starting to win recruiting battles against big teams. You yeah. beat out Alabama for George McIntyre. I mean, yeah. I couldn't have said that five years ago. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, you're beating out these teams. I think also you're starting to succeed in the mid-state as well, which is an area where Tennessee had been poached by Georgia and Alabama and Florida and those teams mm-hmm. that came up to Tennessee and said, well, look at their program and look at ours. Come down here and play for us. Now that you're back at that level – you're seeing the success in the mid-state, the in-state players, and it's gonna it's gonna make the team better. You're also seeing success in Alabama, in Georgia, mm-hmm. as you start to recruit. So it just it makes it better. It gives you more of a chance to succeed on that side of things. Yeah, great point there. Yeah. Um, so now let's talk about Nico and George McIntyre. Now this might be a little uh, full fledged, might be a little too uh, to, you know dipping our toes in the wrong water here. But um, could this be the best consecutive quarterback play? Since Payne Manning and T. Martin and Nico and George McIntyre. Is that I, crazy? I think it's the best opportunity that we've yeah. had since those two were on campus to have that happen. Uh, I mean, these are two extremely talented quarterbacks coming in one right after the other. So you're able to have them, you'll be able to communicate, be able to learn from each other potentially, um, especially if McIntyre is able to get on campus early like many yeah. of our recruits have. Uh, it, it'll be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat the production, yeah. right? I mean, you have, you have Peyton Manning who – 
won the Heisman in 1997. Let's get that straight. Yeah. Uh, but then you have T. Martin, who won a national championship. It's an awfully tough ask, but yeah. this is your best chance. I yeah. mean, look at how talented these guys are. It'll be interesting to see. I think you've got the weapons to do it. Yeah, I mean, talent-wise, this is definitely your best shot. I mean, and there was like a four-year or like a four-quarterback run from like Peyton had T. Martin, then had like Casey Clawson thrown in there, then yeah. Eric Ainge just thrown in there. You know, we could have one of those like four-guy runs. I mean, not sure if you want to jo- throw Joe Milton in there, but I mean, you had Hendon hiccup year maybe, uh, Nico in here, and then you get George on the way. So, I mean, got some competition. Yeah, so uh, important to note. Uh, McIntyre's freshman season should be uh, Imaliava's second as a starter, mm-hmm. so his junior year, uh, and then potentially uh, his last as well because he would have the opportunity to go to the NFL draft in 2026. Crazy that we're already yeah. talking about the 2026 NFL <laughs> draft. But um, I-, I think when you look at it from a perspective of who you're bringing in, obviously uh, it'll be tough to top the Sheriff and T. Martin, a guy that brought a championship here, our last one. Um but I think when you look at the talent that's come in and the pedigree they come win, uh, come in with, um, I think it's it's not ridiculous to point to that. Now, obviously, recruitings don't or recruiting rankings don't mean anything or everything, I should say. Um, but I, I think size and skill is something you can't teach, um, and being able to you know tweak his accuracy, tweak his decision making, all that stuff is coaching. Um, you can't teach. A six-six quarterback, right? So um, I, I think that opp- that opportunity to bring in some big-time players and bring in some big-time quarterbacks could most definitely lead to some big-time results like Payne Manning and T. Martin and Davis. Who better to coach an elite quarterback than a national champion-winning quarterback? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that exactly had, that had his own run at a Heisman in, in 2000 as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. All right, when we come back, we'll give our best bets of the night. Stay right here on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237- 3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com that's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell stan that you heard about him right here on fan run radio attention service members and veterans introducing the griffin law firm your trusted ally in military legal matters whether it's fighting for your rights navigating complex regulations or seeking justice 
At Griffin Law, your mission is their mission. Here's VFL Marshall Griffin. As a veteran and retired military attorney, I've successfully defended lifelong benefits and helped preserve professional futures. So I know that when you hire a military justice lawyer, you maximize your chance to get relief. With my unique experience, I can advocate for you because there's no military matter that's too big or too small. Let us help you make these critical decisions that could affect the rest of your life. Remain silent, request counsel, call Griffin Law. For a free consultation, call 888-707-4282. That's 888-707-4282. Or visit griffinlawdefense.com. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Back here for the final segment of our number one here on this Monday night of overtime, and it's time for our best bets. Um, so I'll start with one. We'll just go a whip around today, give one, and just pass it around. Cool. Uh, my first one tonight is North Carolina minus 7.5 at home against Wake Forest. The Tar Heels have been absolutely demolishing teams in conference play this year, winning all of them uh, by double digits. I like them again at home tonight. This is a good number. Take it at seven and a half. I played up to eight. Do you have two or three for tonight? I've got three. Okay, I'll just I'll I'll mimic you then. I had North Carolina minus seven and a half as okay. well. Okay, against Wake Forest, they are a title contending team. Uh, they're coming off a string of big conference wins. They are, I believe, undefeated on home floor this year. So don't expect them to lose at the Dean Dome. I don't think Wake Forest is a great team, but North Carolina, I expect them to win and cover tonight. Yeah, I've, I've, I've just got two tonight, but first for uh, college basketball, I've got Weber State plus one and a half at Montana. Last time these two teams played at Weber State, uh, they beat the Grizzlies by 30. So, I mean, one and a half kind of is like a gimme line for me, so that's what I'd be taking here tonight. All right. Uh, my next one is Kansas, and I've got them at eight. Uh, good bounce back spot for them. A tough one, a really head scratching one on Saturday against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Good bounce back spot here back at home. I love bounce back spots when teams mm-hmm. come back home. So I'm taking KU tonight. One of the best offensive teams in the country. Hunter Dickinson's got some incredible touch. Um, Cincinnati also coming off a loss, but they've kind of overachieved a little bit in Big 12 play. Also, the differential here between offense and defense is monumental. I like Kansas minus eight tonight. I'm going to the NBA for my second of three. I'm going to the Celtics minus two and a half at Dallas. Uh, Boston, very good team. Coming off a close loss to Denver a couple games ago, they bounced back, and I like them to bounce back against the Mavericks team that is good, but I don't think they're as good as Boston. And two and a half for Boston feels like, again, a gimme line for them to cover. They're just so talented. They probably overpowered Dallas tonight uh, and went on the road. Am I f- oh, you got one uh, more? Yeah, okay. I got one more. Uh, got the Cavaliers on the road at 
the Orlando Magic. I got Cavs minus three there. Cavs rolling in with seven straight wins, and their last two wins are 21 points in Atlanta against the Hawks and 40 by 40 points at home against the Bucks. So, I mean, this team is really firing on all cylinders. Ten games above 500. I think Cleveland's going to take it tonight. All right, and finally, I've got Colgate, minus 11, not the toothpaste. This is the basketball team, and uh, they're taking on Lehigh, 5-12 and 12 Lehigh, coming uh, into Colgate tonight. This is a huge differential between three-point defense versus three-point shooting. Uh, Colgate shoots 45th in the country in three-point uh, percentage, and Lehigh, 335th. I think there's a big difference here, and Colgate's played well at home, won three straight as well. So my three bets, Kansas minus eight, Colgate minus 11, UNC minus seven and a half, my three favorites. Dawson, your, th- or your two? Oh, that's, a, that's a couple great tournament teams, too, from yeah. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last one, I, I do have three tonight. My last one, I'm, I'm going back on it because I got it last week. I'm going back to the homer pick. Suns minus five and a half, home against the Chicago Bulls. I got them on the money line against the Pelicans last week. I'm going to take them five and a half at home against the Bulls team that, again, is good, but I think the Suns are starting to figure something out. They're, they're winners of five straight. Uh, they, they won a big game in New Orleans. That's It's a double-digit win. Kevin Durant had 40 in that game. Mm-hmm. They're all scoring. All the big three, if you will, are, are still figuring figuring it out. They're really scoring on a high level. Add Grayson out to that mix. They're going to be too much for the Bulls to handle for a Suns team that's been playing really well on home court. All right, those are our best bets of the night. UNC minus 7.5, Colgate minus 11, KU minus 8 for me. Dawson, give your three real quick. I have UNC minus 7.5 again, Celtics minus 2.5 at Mavericks, and the Suns minus 5.5 home against the and Bulls. Jace? I had Weber State plus one and a half at Montana and the Cavaliers minus three at Orlando Magic. All right, those are our best bets. And let's move back to Knoxville now where the Lady Vols got it done once again on Sunday against the Commodores, beating Vanderbilt 73-64, uh, to 64, uh, one for the eighth time in its last nine games and proved a 5-1 and one in SEC play. Uh, Dawson, something we talked about a couple weeks ago was, you know, Tennessee, the Lady Vols at least uh, – Kind of struggled in the early half of the season. SEC play is really where they needed to get it done, and so far they have five and one. A really good start for them. Um, this is this is kind of picking up some momentum here, and they're picking up momentum at the right time, especially as you get in February, where you got some really big games: LSU, South Carolina, twice. Um, how important is this momentum right now for this Lady Vols team oh, going it's, forward? It's massive. I mean, for a team that started the year like they did, had really close games against teams they just had no right having close games against. You have losses to teams like MTSU. It should not happen no. for a program like this. That yeah. should not happen for the talent you have on this team. It, it shouldn't happen either. I mean, this is a team that's top five nationally every single year, at least over the last three in in talent. Just in a, on a talent composite, uh, Kelly Harper has recruited great teams. They just haven't seemed to succeed this year. I think they're finding it at the right time. It's opposite almost of what they've done the last two years. The last two years ranked nationally for most of the season, mm-hmm. kind of falls apart late in conference play, and then into the tournament they kind of stumble uh, and lose their balance and don't make it past the Sweet 16. Uh, this year this was a, a team effort, I think. Uh, Rakia Jackson certainly still the star of the show, but she was out for the last nine minutes of this game dealing with some some recurring issues from a sickness she's had over the past week or so. Obviously, got to be very precautionary with a player like mm-hmm. that. You don't want to make any of that worse. So they pull her out of the game with about nine minutes left, but it did not matter. They found a way to win. Uh, they got big performances. Uh, you got 16 from Jasmine Powell in this game. 
eight assists. She has become an excellent point guard for the Lady mm-hmm. Vols. Um, Kaya Wynn had another pretty good effort off the bench. She didn't score, but I thought her presence was was felt for sure in the game. Tamari Key is back in yeah. double figures for there the first go. time since last year. That's that's so cool. It's it's huge for the team. It's also just cool to see. Yeah. Um, but she looked again like her old self. She's mm-hmm. very good offensively again. Uh, I think that was something she hadn't gotten back yet. She'd gotten the defense back a couple weeks ago. Now she's got the offense back as well. She was dominant in the paint like we yeah. expect her mm-hmm. to be. This was a great team effort. I thought this was probably the best they have played all season, save for a couple of their games over the past couple weeks. I think this was their best team effort. Uh, they they limited the turnovers as well, which has been, oh, man, it's just been such a problem. Uh, they did not let it get to them, led most of the game, got a huge win out. Yeah, it feels like Coach Harper's – hot seat in my opinion it is it's still on fire but it feels like it's cooling off a little bit especially uh with playing higher competition in the sec and pulling out some wins you know this this is a program that should not be losing to the likes of mtsu should not be anywhere close to losing to a vanderbilt a women's team who hasn't been prominent maybe ever and you know one thing about recruiting i know you brought it up uh but i mean this last recruiting cycle i don't think she had any players come in whatsoever so i mean just leaving shooting that blank out there is like pretty pretty sad in my opinion she did get a couple um she got a strickland uh from Pitt, but Mm. she has had some injury problems and also did she get anybody from the high school i know see that was that was she relied on the portal a lot yeah she got a talia cooper talia cooper i believe is her mm. name from uh from south carolina as well yeah it was just scary not to get those high profile kids out of high school uh especially whenever you're relying on uh some older cats like rakia jackson who of course didn't play those last nine minutes so that's my spill on Kelly Harper, at least. But this team is really starting to turn it around. I'm really excited over these next few weeks. Well, the Lady Vols shot 27% from three and uh, had 19 turnovers. So anytime you're not playing well, not shooting well, you need your veterans to step up, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned Rakia Jackson, Jasmine Powell, both with 16 points. Jackson had 10 rebounds, another double-double for her. Powell had eight assists. And then you also mentioned uh, Tamari Key, 10 points from her. That's really good stuff. And Jules Spear, uh, 12, produ- 12 mm-hmm. points for her as well. All senior production. So I, I think that's huge because in a game where you're not playing your best basketball, uh, not shooting it well from the three-point line, turning the ball over, you need your veterans and people and, and, and players that have been there for a while to be able to, to step up and will you in that game. And um, I think that's exactly what Sunday was for them. And um, as you mentioned, Tamari Key, I, I, I love her. It's such a great story. Her getting back in double digits is great. Um, you mentioned the offense kind of getting going once again. Um, when I talked to her back in uh, November, right before the, they really got going in the season, her thing was just trying to get back to not relearning how to play basketball, but just relearning how to get back in the rhythm. And I think you've seen that from her over the last couple months. And um, I, I think she's vital as well as the seniors are vital on this team, especially if you want to continue and get to where you want to be come March. Well, and the biggest thing for me is that some of them that have had their struggles in certain parts of the game, I mean, for Tamari Key, it was transition defense. I think that, that she struggled with most. On Sunday, it looked like she had started to even go in the right direction as mm-hmm. she's come back in that regard. Um, but there's several of them that just they had their issues, you know, shooting the ball, you know, turning the ball over. That it just it seems like they're starting to fix it now. It's not fully fixed yet, 
but you've got a pretty favorable schedule ahead. You go to thirteen mm-hmm. and five Ole Miss. You go to ten and nine Georgia. Historically, not a great Georgia program. No. Uh, you go to you get get Missouri at home on a Sunday as well. That's not a great Missouri team. You go to Alabama. You get home against Arkansas. Now the big ones start on February the fifteenth. That's going to be, I think, the true barometer of where this team is at is when they host number one South Carolina. That's your biggest game coming up. But you've got five games between now and then to fix more problems, get it back going the right way, and we'll see how they're playing in a couple weeks when South Carolina comes to town. Yeah, you were talking about it earlier whenever uh, you were talking about those 10 SEC games that you were wanting to win. I mean, right now it's about the time that you need to go get that. I mean, granted, it's going to take a really nice run, but very doable for this team. And I think another starter or a starter that's been moved towards the bench, uh, Tess Darby, uh, coming in with eight points, two for four from three, uh, Shot 50% from three, of course, but spark plug off the bench, eh, I mean. Yeah, uh, so coming up this week, uh, no Vols or Lady Vols on Thursday. Now they'll hit the road and take on Ole Miss on Sunday, um, and then they'll head to Georgia, as you mentioned, uh, to face the Bulldogs. Um, another note from yesterday, Tennessee was once again sharp from the free throw line, uh, firing at a season-best 95% from the stripe. That's really big, especially in a close game like this as well. Um, 17 of 18 for the game, including 10 of the 11 in the fourth quarter where you know the game's on the line. So I think just marginally getting better, I think, will continue to help this Lady Vols team out. Um, uh, yeah, anything to add? Well, that to me I think is another thing they needed to fix. Yeah. Uh, a couple times over the last couple years, especially in the postseason. I mean, in games against uh, Louisville comes to mind in the Sweet 16 a couple years ago. Virginia Tech comes to mind last year. South Carolina in the SEC tournament final as well last year. Games that they were in, had chances to go to the line and stay in those games, and could not make free throws. It seemed like they were either 1 for 2 or 0 for 2, and then all of a sudden you're giving up points. Now that they're actually scoring those, you see it's reaping success. I think just fixing the things that needed to be fixed, now you see how well they can play when everything's working um and again you got a favorable stretch of games here it's not safe to say you could win all five if you do you're at that 10 number already before south carolina even steps foot in thompson bowling arena Uh, but even after that if you don't get to 10 you get away at vanderbilt still you have home against texas a&m still so you know bar those three games against south carolina or lsu very favorable schedule upcoming for the lady balls yeah, Lady Vols are tied for second in the SEC as it stands at the moment. Great number um, and need to continue that as the season goes on, especially with a lot of these games uh, very big come March, you know, uh, in, in terms of, you know, you didn't, didn't start the year the way you wanted. Now it's kind of playing a little bit of catch-up, getting some of these top uh, top 75 net wins, and that definitely helps you out uh, come Selection Sunday. All right, when we come back in the next hour, it is time to talk about a huge weekend in the NFL. Uh, the Lamar, Lamar Jackson finally knocks off the the rust and the, the preconceived notions that he couldn't do it in the playoffs. We also had Mahomes versus Josh Allen yesterday. We've got so much to talk about. Join us in the second hour as we talk about the NFL Divisional Round Weekend. 